Imagine floating in a world where time and space lose all meaning, where the boundaries between your body and the universe completely dissolve and you're left to explore the infinite depths of your own consciousness. Today we're taking a deep dive into the fascinating topic of one of the most unique inventions of all time, the flotation tank, created by the enigmatic and pioneering scientist John C. Lilly. I'll be sharing what the float tank is really all about, some of my experiences in it, my futuristic theory involving the float tank, as well as how it can be a useful tool for spiritual awakening and development. The float tank, also known as a flotation tank, sensory deprivation tank, or isolation tank, is a lightproof, soundproof chamber filled with a shallow pool of water that is saturated with about 800 pounds of Epsom salt. The high concentration of salt makes the water extremely buoyant allowing users to effortlessly float on the surface, just like in the Dead Sea. The water and air are both heated to skin temperature, which helps create a sensation of weightlessness and minimizes the awareness of the physical body. It becomes difficult to discern between the boundaries of your body, the water, and the air. It's like floating in a peaceful, vast spaciousness, free from the stress of gravity and the need to support your body against it. The Epsom salt also has many great health benefits. Now, some might think that they would be claustrophobic in the float tank. However, rather than feeling a loss of control or trapped, the experience can be one of extreme freedom. It's as if the limitations of the body, space, and time have completely fallen away. It's like being in outer space while simultaneously experiencing the warmth, comfort, and quietude of the womb. The purpose of the float tank is to create an environment that significantly reduces external stimuli, such as light, sound, and tactile sensations. Sensory deprivation allows the user to experience deep relaxation, meditative states, and heightened self-awareness. People use float tanks for various reasons, including stress reduction, pain management, self-discovery, and enhancing creativity and focus. It's also an incredible tool that can be used to practice and explore the depths of meditation. Lilly named his invention the Samadhi Tank after the Sanskrit term for a meditative state of consciousness called Samadhi. Now I've mentioned Samadhi in other talks, and I've also talked about how it is sometimes spoken about as if it is a very lofty and mystical part of the spiritual journey that is somewhat out of reach for many. But in reality, it is very accessible. It just requires some dedicated practice. And the float tank is a great environment to practice. In the book of floating, Michael Hutchinson writes, In every culture, some sort of sensory deprivation experience has been considered essential in the training of spiritual leaders. Shamans, witch doctors, monks, priests, gurus, fakirs, yogis, priestesses, mediums, mystics, and other spiritual seekers endure frequent and often rigorous periods of total silence, fasting, retreat into small cells or caves, or dark rooms, withdrawal to mountaintops or deserts, or islands where isolation can be combined with restricted or monotonous sensory input. Hermits, monks, and seekers of enlightenment have always found sensory restriction, either the actual isolation of desert, monastery, or cave, or the mental equivalent of such isolation, 
attained through concentrative or restrictive meditation and prayer techniques, an important part of all mystical, transcendental, or revelatory states. The float tank, with its sensory deprivation environment, has been known to induce mystical, spiritual, psychedelic-like experiences in some individuals without the use of any psychedelic substances. In the absence of external stimuli, the brain tends to create its own sensory experiences, which can manifest as hallucinations, altered perceptions, or heightened self-awareness. These experiences can be similar to those reported during psychedelic drug use, such as the intake of LSD, psilocybin, or DMT. People who use float tanks often report experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations, feelings of interconnectedness, and profound insights, akin to a psychedelic journey. Of course, these sorts of experiences are known to be had through meditative spiritual practices alone, but the float tank is a unique environment to make those experiences a little bit more accessible. I first came across the float tank about a decade ago in my early teens. As a young psychonaut, this was right up my alley. There was only a single tank available in Toronto, and it was $150 per hour. Fortunately, today the price has come down significantly as the popularity of floating has gone up. Now at the time, my spiritual awakening process and journey was well underway, but I had not yet tasted the depths of meditation, of expanded states of consciousness, of flow, relaxation, or deep peace. So I went into the tank with an open mind and with no expectations. I had just one intention, which was to find clarity on a conundrum and a decision that I was dealing with. I plan to tackle this issue in the tank to weigh the pros and the cons. Well, I entered the tank and immediately it felt familiar. I had been to a place like this before. Was it the womb? I eventually settled in and relaxed. And then I posed a question to myself about my dilemma, preparing for a lengthy and in-depth internal debate. Immediately, it was as if God was speaking to me directly. The answer came in a flash, a download. It was perfect and absolute. I had never experienced an undeniable flash of insight in this way. It had come from somewhere beyond my mind. I had accessed an infinitely intelligent source that I didn't know existed. I now had the remaining 50 minutes to float in total relaxation, to explore the relationship between holding on and letting go and what that felt like within my body. I had the time left to contemplate to receive more insight, ideas, and inspiration, and to experience nothing. When I exited the tank, it felt as if my body was fresh and new and that I was reborn. Not just in a spiritual sense, but physically, it was as if I had just exited the womb. Sensations were fresh and new, and I felt light and peaceful for the next few days. I continued to visit the float tank now and then, using it to remind myself about what letting go and trusting that I'm supported really feels like. I went to soothe my body, to return back to the world with a new appreciation for the body and its sensory capabilities. I went for a float earlier this week, and it was the first time in a few years. I was able to know that the meditative state of samadhi is very similar to the experience that's felt in the float tank itself. And so John C. Lilly's name, the samadhi tank, I think it's on point. During my recent float, I experienced a few kriyas. Now, kriyas are the spontaneous movements 
that can arise within the body as a result of kundalini awakening process. They're meant to jolt and jerk and clear out tension and things that the body's holding on to as the energy moves through it. So you can think of a dog shaking off tension, maybe after it's been roughed up a little bit, a dog will shake to get that tension off its body and then it enters back into a state of relaxation. That's essentially what Kriyas are. Our bodies can also do the same kind of thing once Kundalini begins to move through us. And so in the tank, I began to experience some Kriyas. And I got a little concerned that the water was going to splash. And it's, it's very salty water. If a drop even gets in your eyes, it can really burn. And if a drop even gets on your face, your face is supposed to stay dry. So if you even get a drop of water on your face, well, then it can become very distracting. So I spoke to the energy of Kundalini. I spoke to the intelligence of my body. I said, hey, please do the Kriyas, but just be mindful not to splash the water. And so with perfect, exact precision, this intelligence, the Kundalini, began to perform these Kriyas within the flow tank with just enough energy and momentum to not splash the water, but no less. It was the perfect amount. And so that was a really great example of the incredible intelligence that the Kundalini Shakti, this force that we have within us, has. The intelligence that it has to purify itself, the system, to heal, but also to acknowledge the external circumstances of one's life. It's a very cooperative energy. You can relate with it. It will respond to you. It will work in a cooperative way with you if you're able to have this type of dialogue with it. And that was an interesting experience that I had in the flow tank just last night, actually. Spiritual development requires giving ourselves our full unconditional attention. We often avoid and escape ourselves through the obvious things like entertainment or work, but on more subtle levels, even minor sensory input, like fidgeting or adjusting our clothing or just looking around can be ways in which we distract ourselves from really looking at what's going on inside of us. In the flow tank, there are no distractions. Only the inner dimension of your being exists. And in there, you can get a really good look. The salt water is so buoyant that it's able to completely and effortlessly hold the weight of your body. With each exhale, you can surrender more and more and relax and release tension and let yourself go deeper and deeper, trusting that you are always supported. If you're familiar with the movement practices of yoga, at the end of the class, they rest in a pose called Shavasana, also known as corpse pose. Now we rest in Shavasana with the intention of surrendering everything, including all tension and worries. Sometimes you'll hear the teacher say, surrender everything to your mat. Trust that your mat is supporting you. In the same way we experience that type of surrender within the float tank, trusting that the water is able to hold us up. We don't need to hold any tension within our body, in our back, in our legs, in our arms, in our neck. We can let all of that go, trusting that we're going to float because the impact of gravity is no longer this immense stress on our system. You can think of the flow tank experience as the ultimate Shavasana. So this experience of surrendering and trusting and finding out that you are supported can also translate over into your life outside of the tank as well. Throughout our lives, we hold on to so much tension in our bodies, so much of this idea of control in our minds. It causes great suffering. But like the salt water, 
the divine always has our backs. It's always holding us. And we can find that out once we let go and trust. And before I share some tips about using the flow tank, I must advise that if you ask me, those experiencing great energetic instability should not explore the flow tank at this time. So when I say energetic instability, I'm talking about experiencing things like depersonalization, derealization, psychosis, mania, feeling out of your body, not feeling grounded, centered, feet on the ground. If you're not feeling like this, it can be pretty uncomfortable, can lead to a lot of great difficulty. And in the flow tank, you're essentially dropping the body temporarily, you're dropping all of the senses, you're entering into a state of complete uh, dissociation, you could say, complete disconnection from the body as your consciousness expands and kind of releases the body and you kind of drop the body and forget the body. Some people live in this way already throughout the day in the world and it's it's very debilitating. So if you happen to be experiencing this, I don't recommend that you explore the tank like I said. I have some material about how to support yourself if you are feeling ungrounded on my channel on my website. You can also send me an email. I'll share that content with you if you're dealing with that. But keep that in mind. Sensory deprivation tank is incredible. But just like psychedelics, just like med uh, meditation, it's not for everybody at all times. Okay, so keep that in mind. In the same way that I wouldn't recommend somebody that's experiencing energetic instability to go out and explore psychedelics or even to explore meditation in a very intense way, same way I wouldn't advise we explore the flow tank if we're feeling ungrounded as well. So keep that in mind. So for those ready to visit the flow tank, I recommend abstaining from any recreational drugs for at least 24 hours. Yes, it is true that some people do report incredible psychedelic mystical experiences on drugs, on psychedelics inside the float tank. It's not unheard of, but for beginners especially, I think it's a really incredible opportunity to go into the float tank and experience just your sober self completely. Give your sober self total unconditional attention and see what you're all about. Find out who you are in this new way. Then later on, you can get a little bit more adventurous, but keep that in mind. Recreational drugs also includes caffeine. So if you ask me, caffeine, it's, it's still a drug and it does have pretty powerful effects on the body. And in the flow tank, you may be able to experience those effects to a very amplified degree. And it may not be beneficial for your goal of trying to relax deeply. You know, you may get jitters and, and that kind of thing. You may be able to quite literally feel the, the caffeine moving through your bloodstream and what it's doing, and it might be a little, uh, a little too intense. So keep that in mind as well. You want to go into the flow tank with uh, the intention to almost like, how you would prepare for going to have a good night's rest. Same idea. You kind of want to unwind before, maybe do a little bit of stretching, maybe gentle meditation just prior, and then kind of just ease your way into the flow tank. You don't want to like, you know, come right off a really busy day at work and just jump right in the flow tank you'll spend you know 20 minutes half an hour just trying to settle in and by by that time you know your session will be over before you know it so keep that in mind just try to unwind a little bit before enter into the tank in a nice sober relaxed state and enjoy the deep deep relaxation that will come another tip is to go with a general intention maybe that's to you know come up with a creative solution to a problem or to contemplate some challenge you're dealing with or to explore meditation or spirituality, connect with yourself in a new way and then let that intention go. Enter the tank and just see what happens. Now, some of the newer tanks come with flashy, different colored lights. Maybe they have the ability to play music and it's a cool experience. But if you're thinking about putting on the lights and playing music because you're afraid of the dark, scary quiet void i invite you to consider that you're safe you're only a step away from getting back into the world 
You're going to float effortlessly in the water. It's practically impossible to drown in it because if you were to even get even a drop of that anywhere near your eyes, it's going to burn. So your natural instinct is going to be to get your head out of the water. So you're totally safe. Remind yourself of these things and go into that dark, quiet void and find that it is, in fact, incredibly peaceful. Nothing to be afraid of at all. You're just there with yourself. So keep this in mind. Yeah, maybe later on towards the end of the session, you can keep the lights on, listen to some music, kind of ease your way out of the float tank experience in this way. But definitely, definitely spend some time in the dark, in the quiet, and see what that's all about. The dark and quiet void is incredibly peaceful and a perfect blank canvas for your consciousness to begin to express itself in novel ways. I also suggest avoiding floating with a partner. Some centers offer this service. I've tried it. It's neat. It's cool. It's a fun thing to do as a couple. But having another person nearby can be a distraction. They might accidentally bump into you. You may hear them breathing. And overall, they may give you something to worry about. You might be thinking, are they okay? What's their experience like? Am I distracting them? And so on. So it's best to float alone. Now, if you're going to float with someone for the first time, maybe because it's cheaper or maybe because you're a little nervous about it and you want to go with somebody, that's totally fine. I understand. But just make a promise to each other that no matter what happens during that you know, dual person session, you're going to each at some point go and float alone just to find out what that's all about. So don't measure what the float tank experience is based on what you experience with a partner. You've got to go alone. And finally, let go of all expectations and remember that floating, just like meditation, is a practice. It takes some experience to really get into it. And so don't be too hard on yourself if after the first session, you don't really have the most relaxation or the most mystical experience compared to some other people. Gotta give yourself some time. It may take few sessions to really get into it and between those sessions you can practice relaxation through things like meditation as well some of this is non-linear you know you may have an incredible experience in the first session then you go back expecting to have you know an incredible experience again and you may not it all depends on you know where we are in our lives in our journey throughout our day you know maybe some of us are more peaceful in the morning and that's the best time to go maybe some of us are more peaceful towards the end of the night that's the best time to go we've got to kind of experiment and find out what's best for us but just remember that overall you know it's not like once you get in the flow tank you're gonna you know experience a full-blown you know mystical union with the divine kundalini awakening or some sort of psychedelic experience maybe not you may just have an experience where you're just in there fully with yourself having a completely anxious racing nervous mind and you just kind of sit with that as well and allow that experience to be there as well if you try to fight off things like nervousness or anxiety or racing mind or tension it's counterproductive of course you know the cliche saying what we resist persists you will experience this very directly in the float tank it's very very true you just got to allow yourself to be in whatever state you're in and eventually you'll find naturally you'll just begin to relax and surrender and then you'll be able to get some of the great benefits of the flow tank now let me share my dystopian theory of the future with you now before you get freaked out just know it's just a fun thought experiment there's nothing to overthink or get too worked up about just having some fun here as well i'm probably not the first person to ever think of this theory and so i'm not trying to come across like i'm some great philosopher but anyway I imagine that in the future, at some point, the majority of humans will have to spend their time in the float tank, and that will be their experience of life. Be floating in the tank, maybe on some IV drip, getting fed, maybe having some sort of 
catheter to, to remove our waste and we'll be floating in the float tank and our experience won't be of nothing but instead through either some sort of vr modality or some sort of brain implant we'll be experiencing a projected reality and that will be our experience of life now of course this is the brain in the vat theory this is the matrix theory this is plato's cave it's just that with the invention of the flow tank which was only invented about since the 1950s so not even 100 years ago and the current developments of vr that's happening within you know the past decade and even less this idea of you know the brain in the vat theory or that we you know we might one day be in a, in a simulation or a matrix is starting to look more and more likely and less far-fetched so this may be the direction that we're heading you know maybe due to the climate crisis maybe not it's just an idea like i said don't get too fixated on it don't get freaked out about it but also go and float get familiar with it what it's all about in case we do end up going in that direction so tell me have you floated before if so i'd love to hear about your experience if you haven't go out book a float session have the experience come back let me know what it was all about you can send me an email or you can leave a comment below if you have any questions same thing comment or email i'll do my best to help you out thanks so much for spending time with me today and thanks so much for john c Lilly for inventing the float tank i'm really appreciative that a, such a quirky curious interesting smart guy was out there to develop this it's really something fascinating it's been a really important tool for me on my spiritual awakening journey and so i'm happy to share this message with you today and spread the word about this you know really fascinating environment sensory deprivation environment so check it all out let me know what you think you can visit brentspirit.com for more free content and until next time much love and peace